Yeah, I'm kind of ready now. Do you want, do you want to maybe do an intro, Jared, just about um, about Hadlin and you guys hosting the space, and then and then we'll get stuck in. Yeah, for sure, and appreciate you. Yeah. Um, so, for everybody that doesn't know, Huddle In is a uh, it's a Web three social media platform or anything you can mint as a uh, NFT on your camera roll, your Instagram, or your TikTok for free. We're hosting these spaces. We're calling it Huddle In Radio, where we just give everybody the opportunity that has agreed to host with us to, uh, a chance to come on and and really just speak about whatever they want to speak about. If it wants to be about music, if it wants to be about NFTs, if it wants to be cultural specific we can you know just to have an open space to have um good conversations and then after the fact we uh we throw these up on spotify so everybody can enjoy them after the fact and uh just happy to have a, a good time here and uh, jamie it's all you cool thanks man hey henry hello hello um i mean We've been speaking for a long time, right? And actually, Henry was the first person to answer some of my very, very early questions of like, what is the point? What does it do? How does it work? When I first entered the space um, and was kind enough to do the thing that you're meant to do and the right thing, which is to explain it all to me. So it's a great place to come back around. And also, when I first kind of got asked about whether to do this space, I kind of had this idea in my head that, I was having some very early one-on-one -on -one meetings, as you do, you know, like everyone was like, reach out, get in, get in people's DMs, speak to them. Um, and I found like I was having some of my best conversations um, were having happening just through these blind conversations with people I'd never met before. I just knew a bit about their work. Um, and when I first sort of thought about this space, I kind of wanted it to be like that, almost like the first conversation that we had and actually having sort of half kind of known Henry digitally for, for quite a long time, we've never spoken properly. So this is um, what I kind of envisioned it as like a first conversation. So we've got a few things that I'm going to ask about that Henry wants to speak about as well. And we're just going to see where the conversation takes us. So Henry, it's a big day today. Should we start with that? Do you wanna do you wanna maybe explain to those who don't know already why today is so important? Yeah, thanks, Jamie, and and thanks, Hudlin, for uh, for giving us the platform. Um, it's it's really I'm really so grateful to get to be chatting with you today, Jamie. Um, the with with given the history that that we've had, um, the first spaces that I did last week was with Arpeggi and and Sassy Black, who is in, in cohort one for this program that we're launching. And I've known Sassy for a while, so it's great to, to chat with her first and then um, to get to chat with you second about this program is really meaningful to me because we, we go back and, and uh, this afternoon I'll be chatting with Mark DeCliveLow as well. So, so happy to be amongst good company with good friends. Um, yeah, today today's a exciting day for us, for, for me and, and for uh, the team at Hi-Fi Labs. We are launching a new program that's a, a free resource to musicians uh, for any musician who is uh, curious and interested in Web3 and, and also for those who have experimented and are kind of looking to, to find ways to, um, to do new strategies and um, you know try new things and experiment. Um, it's called the Web3 Artist Cohort Program. And uh, what it is, is it's a, uh, a free three-week program that helps connect artists with resources they need to launch their next music project using Web3 tools. Um, 
we can get into kind of the the nuts and bolts of it but um but yeah yeah that's what it is i'll start there um I'm no, i have noticed you're everywhere at the moment what I'm, i was interested to ask you sort of you know how does that feel for you because you've always been someone that's always put other people first and and you are still putting other people first with this project but at the same time it's kind of like i've noticed maybe i'm reading it wrong but it feels like you've allowed yourself to kind of forefront yourself and like go fully invest in this a bit more than other things you've worked on is is that like a good feeling oh that's an interesting observation i hadn't really thought about it that way let me think about that so I don't yeah, mean it in I, a self. I don't mean it in like a selfish sense. I just mean that you know, like it, it just the you know, like it, it feels like you've you've really felt like you can grab hold of this and like make it your focus, and and you're really proud of it. I guess as well. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no offense taken. No, I just thought that's such an interesting observation. I I agree with you. I was just kind of thinking back really quickly. So, yeah, my my background. I've I've been working in the music industry for for a while and uh, started out as. Uh, a promoter putting on a producing a lot of events live events from house parties renegade parties up to you know big concerts drake steve aoki rjd2 tipper um a bunch of others in college um and then i worked for a music tech company for about a year doing a r and then uh bulk of my career has been in artist management then i got an injury uh, a couple years ago had to take a break uh, stepped away from the my management company, and then um, I was not really actually expecting to come back into music because uh, it was kind of, it was pretty painful the departure that I had uh, figuratively and literally, and um, <clears throat> I just sort of started started exploring Web three and realizing what it could do for musicians, and it kept reminding me of different parts of my past, um, and I I almost kind of just stumbled stumbled into it to be honest. Uh, which I feel like some of us, that's part of some of our, our stories of how some of us have gotten here. Um, and then I, so how, by nature of that, I didn't really have an agenda at all. I was just kind of, it was sort of finding, finding, uh, sort of being re-inspired to love music again, which was kind of, kind of an exciting experience that I, uh, went through in, uh, 2021, sort of the second half of 2021 and, and into this year. Um, but yeah, by nature of that, I just sort of started picking up things that excited me. So, um, met Daniel Allen and, and him and I worked on some projects together, a uh, couple releases. Um, I met a bunch of friends over at Water Music, uh, including young Spielberg, who I'll be chatting with tomorrow. Uh, we, we did, I was part of the, the first big research project that I believe that it was the first one that, that Water Music did as a DAO that was released. In, uh, December 2021 um, and then yeah did a, did another project with Daniel and was doing some other things and around that time I'm, I'm super grateful uh, to get to say that I started to get some job offers which is really cool and I'd, I'd been a um, I'd been running my own businesses for 10 10 plus years as an independent contractor so um, the idea of, of, of uh, working for someone else was kind of an interesting thing to explore and think about um, and I started, started to think about it more. And then I sort of had this decision to make where I thought I was going to do it, but I wasn't sure which direction I wanted to go in it. So I could kind of, one direction was I could um, go with a platform. So, you know, like an NFT marketplace or a creator tool, uh, or the other direction was, and that's like pretty specific, right? Or I could go more broadly 
and um, you know work for a company that's more sort of around broader artist strategy. Decided to go with the latter and um, and and go with HiFi. So I, I uh, became a full time employer of HiFi um, around April, early April, and that had been kind of a long time coming. Uh, I met Jack Spallone at the end of end of last year, and um, him and I just really aligned on a, a lot of things. I really respect people who um, both understand the technology uh, and also have had real lived experience in the music industry. I think it's really important um, and ideal to have both. And so um, Jack had started working at Hi-Fi um, towards, I think, the third quarter of last year. So he was starting to you know, get familiar with the team and I was starting to get familiar with him. And then, yeah, it just sort of was this slow, slow transition into Hi-Fi feels like the right place. And I can uh, very happily say and uh, proudly say that it's just such an incredible place to work, have such an incredible supportive team. Um, and they really kind of, uh, it was kind of a, we have a shared mission and, and shared values. How are we, what's, that's sort of like the why, right? And then um, the, the how and the what was, I was really given a lot of freedom, creative freedom to kind of design the thing. And that's, I guess that's kind of how I ended up focusing in on this, uh, this one specific project to start with. So it's kind of a long-winded answer, but yeah, I really like that observation. I, I would say that's correct. <laughs> do, do you, are you enjoying the fact that you're not limited? I mean, I, I like the way that you have quite like an inquisitive kind of approach to things, I guess it must be quite, um, must be quite exciting to be working with like multiple artists who have different unique challenges. I think that's something that we've always connected on is how different the solutions and journeys can be for different artists dependent on their identity. So it must be quite cool to have like a group of such different people to work with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Hi-Fi Labs has about, uh, I think we have about a dozen artists who we, we, we kind of act as a, a bit of a hybrid artist management company sort of on the web two front um, and doing a lot of AR for them. Um, that's kind of like one branch of the company. And then there's another branch, which Hi-Fi is a um, sort of the mission of Hi-Fi is to help artists leverage technology in their careers. And so we really believe that web three is going to be kind of the future of technology. So a lot of, a lot of that right now is web three, but I, I live under that that uh, branch of the company, surprise, surprise. Um, and there's kind of like a services side and a product side. So Jack, Jack's on the product side. Um, Dan Fowler is also over there. Uh, they're both working on incredible projects. Dan's, Dan's leading Noom and, uh, and Jack's leading Music OS. Um, Music OS is getting ready for a, for a uh, big launch and uh, pretty soon. So that's really exciting too. And then, yeah, I live on kind of like the services side of things. Uh, which is more sort of, you know, yeah, strategy, consulting, advising, uh, working on plans with musicians. Um, but one one big, big thing that I've noticed the difference is um, in my in my old old life as an artist manager, being an independent artist ma manager for that matter. Um, you know, I had resources, but they were limited to me and and a very small team. I just I had an assistant. Um, it's really incredible to have so many resources and, and a broader, bigger team that's so wonderful around me to uh, to be able to work on projects. Uh, it's definitely, definitely really liberating. And, and that's actually um, one of sort of the um, inspirations for the, the artist cohort program was that around the time that 
we released that research project with Water and Music. Um, it happened really quickly in December. It sort of had been a slow build and then it just happened really quickly. The research, research report went out um, and then like, I think like a week later, Daniel and I launched a, um, a mirror crowdfund uh, called Daniel On and Friends where we raised five ETH for a two week songwriting camp that ended up happening in January, which ended up leading to um, this glass house release that he just did. Um, and, and a really incredible sort of byproduct of that was a lot of musicians started reaching out to me, um, just asking for feedback on their projects, uh, asking for a call. And it just, it was like, it was such a, I had so much gratitude and it wasn't like spam people either. It was like, these were like real creative, beautiful, uh, thoughtful musicians who are reaching out to me. And, and so it was, it was like such an incredible joy, but also really overwhelming because there were like, you know, hundreds of them. And so I, I started just trying to take as many calls as I could. And I, there was a point where I was doing like, <laughs> I think I was doing like more than 10 calls, like separate calls of like different musicians every day for, for a few weeks. And I just like completely burnt myself out because I don't know, it's just a lot of like energy tr transfer of different people and different ideas and thoughts. And so I think that was kind of when I made this decision of like, okay, I love doing this, but I need to have more structure, more resources around it. And uh, and so at that time, yeah, I, I think actually about a month after that, I started doing some independent contractor work with Hi-Fi too to kind of test the waters and um, yeah. Led that me is to like an incredible like thought experiment in a way though to speak to that many artists to hear like the challenges and different approaches and to like work to have those kind of like problem solving conversations i mean i love having those kind of conversations with my peers and people around me um so in a way like as a, like a crash course experience of of like you must have gained i'd imagine you gained a lot of insight um in that time yeah, sorry, sorry, you broke up a little bit on the last part of that. Could you say that again? I was just saying you must have got a lot of insight in that time in into so many different artists' worlds and, and as like an experiment and kind of way of, I don't know, like research, I guess, right? Like having having those different worlds and the different approaches and working through problems with so many different artists in a short space of time. You must have got a lot from that, I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And um I think it kind of, it helped me realize a theme that um, was was nothing new, but I just sort of like put the pieces together towards the beginning of the year that, you know, I've, I always love to ask artists the same question, which is, what do you need? And if they say management, I ask, what does that mean? Like break that down. And it always seems to sort of distill into the same same three things. Well, Well, broader, it's just one thing. It's the need resources. And more specifically, it's it's needing more time, it's needing more money, and it's needing help with strategy. And so um, for this Web3 artist cohort program that we built, um, we trying to connect artists with those three resources is very core to the program. And then trying to do that with Web3 tools is, is sort of the, the added bonus. You've got like um, quite like an idyllic approach to what the life of an artist should and could be right like i've heard you talk about I, and i agree that like time you know time to spend on making great music is is just like a a hugely important thing um but you know like we are we're in a world where you could you know i've heard the argument made well that 
for like young musicians some of which i know you know i know some musicians who have like really stable enjoyable careers who don't use a daw right they just put their music through um twitch and tiktok they just live stream themselves performing and they have endorsements and they have um yeah they have a career and a world built around that and like we're entering a world where like to some young people it's not an opinion it's it's just like you know the way that some people are existing there isn't a separation between like the use of technology and being a music creator right but 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 there is also this kind of background you know like ideal that we have that also every, every musician is different of course but like that how can we free up that artist time to spend doing the thing that they're so great at which has definitely always been like central or at least it feels like that's always been like central to your personal like ethos is is that true yeah try i mean it's really hard in this day and age you touched on another point or or i i think you touched on this point a bit about just the role of technology and how it plays or play how, how it's um you know fundamentally part of an artist's career and um you know if you think back there have been a lot of obvious well obvious now but technical uh technological shifts you know even if you look at like more broadly art photography just like the camera coming into existence was pretty incredible and then um you know of course the the switch from from actual film to digital i can remember when that was happening um you know a lot of people were like digital is not pure and then we have the similar thing with um with djing which is something that's very close to my heart I have I have quite a few records that I've collected over the years, and um, I was really really obsessed with <clears throat> with DJing and especially turntablism when I was younger. You know, following uh, people like A Track and uh, Invisible Scratch Pickles, Beat Junkies, stuff like that. And um, I can remember when there's this huge switch with the the DVS the digital vinyl system. I think it was called with uh, with Serato Scratch Live. I have a SL2, it's this box that you connect your turntables and your mixer into, and then you can use control records to play MP3s from your computer, which at the time in sort of like early 2000s, it was just this really incredible thing. But I can remember like the the purest DJs were like, fuck this, this is, this is like, this is not the way. Um, and now everyone's doing it. And so it's, 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 it's interesting how those, those technology shifts affect things. Um, but it's also, it, it almost, I, I've n made this observation uh, earlier, earlier this year, I was sitting in a Monday heartbeat call with Song Camp and Matthew Chain was, was talking about something. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I just like had this epiphany that the way that Matthew thinks is just so incredible and beautiful and creative where he's there and song camp as a whole they're they're not just thinking about okay how are we using web3 to create music but it's like how do we use the technology of web3 to deliver our music to distribute it in a creative way that almost sort of becomes art itself which i just think is so cool and song camp is definitely a leader there so i don't know if i exactly really answered your question i kind of skirted around the the core part of it jamie but i just had no to no say it that. does i mean it does it engages with it in an interesting way which is that like what you basically said is that we're doing the same thing right because what i was kind of saying is that you, you know there's there's young people who are distributing their music in a new way and that that's 
that's interesting that's interesting to me it's not something that i don't want to be a content creator but that's still fascinating to me when i meet i work with a lot of young musicians when i meet someone who like challenges my way of thinking about what a music career is like i'm i'm writing something at the moment for some research that i've been given some help with about like what is what constitute a young musician or what constitute a musician for like young people and what does that mean has it changed but i think what you said is is definitely a quotable line <laughs> even though it may have come from someone else that that's a really interesting idea that the that the the vehicle for distribution is in self like can be considered art uh, and i love that i think that's even that way of phrasing it makes it more exciting to me i mean i do i, I was speaking to kabuki about this today actually that there is like there is sometimes like a fetishization for technology, right? And and like when I'm looking at what to teach young people or how to help them, quite often just giving them what could they could learn on YouTube isn't the right thing, right? There's bigger, there's like wider skill sets that are applicable regardless of what technology they're using, right? So as technology changes, they can use those skill sets, right? So it's not just like an instant, it's not an instant fix for you right now. It's like what can we what can we bestow on people that they can that they'll be able to use regard you know as they adapt to everything that comes in the future which is like a really interesting idea to me i, I definitely but i think there's a there's a pressure you know that's a lot of pressure when i'm kind of like trying to sort of communicate what is interesting about what we're doing in or what's been happening in sort of around music and web3 and nfts and those kind of things is is how to do that without the overload um, of the pressure of, you know, like having to do something original from day one. But I think there's, but you know, your way of, that way of putting it is really interesting. And I, my, my only concern sometimes is that idea of, um, yeah, I've just, you know, like what is considered privilege, like, you know, access to information or access to time you know like having free time to learn these things and having other sustainable things in your life that allow you the time to learn the technology or spend six months on a project that may or may not work and and psychological impact of that and stuff as well i think it's just it, it's a crazy time and i think that this is really be what made this space so interesting to me especially as someone making music myself but working with musicians is that it's kind of like this, I don't know, it's kind of like this, what would you call it? Like a conduit or like crossover point of like all these different things that are happening in the world, like all these different discussions, all these different challenges. And it's like, there's something about the Web3 space that like brings a microscope to all of them, whether it's like the debates on curation or the debates on technology or the debates on like finance like how we finance our careers what we should be getting for it who has access to it you know like is pricing things exclusionary and classist in a certain way is asset classes important is it different to art there's so much happening right like it's such an and a sort of interesting place to be um and it's going to be a challenge to work with those cohorts right i mean you mentioned that you'd done some cohort teaching which really interested me um do you think there's like skills that you're bringing from that that are still like relevant into like your cohort practice that go beyond like those, you know, technological skills, I guess, or like overarching things that you want to bestow on like some of those new cohorts maybe that you think about? 
I appreciate you so much, Jamie. I, I almost raised my I use, I almost used the raise your hand feature on this because you were saying so many things I wanted to like interrupt you with and talk about. Um, so, so yeah, I jumping back to um to the concept of time. Um, I'm really glad you brought that up in that context, um, especially around accessibility, because I Jamie, Jamie Cornelia just just made a tweet about this uh, a couple days ago. We're just like, you know, like you can be on Twitter and in Discord all day easily. And, and you know, like it's great to build community in that way, but it also is exhausting and it takes a lot of time and not everyone can do that. Um, and, you know, like at the end of the day, we, we want to, artists want to make music too. Uh, so um, I, it, that was kind of like a core core mission that I was trying to solve for a little bit with this cohort was was like, how can we make Web3 more accessible to people? It's not just about having free information because we already have the information. It's free. It's endless. There's so much of it. We don't really need more information. I mean, like, it's great to keep like being, um, you know, pushing the boundaries and experimenting and researching. That information is great, but like the the base core information that you need to be successful in Web three right now, that exists. It's there. We don't we don't really need more of that right now. We just need we need it to be better curated, uh, and we need it to be sort of structured in a way where it's really accessible and takes less time to figure out, understand, and be able to leverage it. So that was like very, very, that was, that's like a core fundamental pillar of this Web3 Artist Cohort program that hi launched is, is we're saying, okay, in, in three weeks, we're going to do this program where five artists go through it as a group. And the way we're going to try to solve for the resource of needing more time is to try to curate things. So, um, so each week, there are three weeks, each week, there are two prompts, and the prompts are kind of like lessons or chapters. Uh, very specific material to to blockchain learning about Web three, but how you then take that learning and apply it to some part of your career as a musician with launching a project. And each each artist that goes through this program uh, begins the program with a project in mind, whether that's releasing a music video, releasing an album, um, you know, something that has to do with what a what a musician would released traditionally in web two. <clears throat> and then, uh, so, so with each prompt, they learn about it. And then there's sort of like, just for lack of a better word, homework assignment. It's some sort of work that's associated with the project that relates to that specific material topic. And then we all meet together as a group twice a week for two hours, each, each session to discuss that. Um, and so the goal of that is that by the end of the three weeks, each artist walks out of the program with a basic understanding of these Web3 tools that they can use and apply to their project. And they've gotten to walk through all these different aspects of it. Uh, and then at the end, ideally, they will have an outline or like a business plan uh, of how they're going to ship their project. Um, and so, so, yeah, that's kind of the way that we're trying to solve for the time thing. Um, where you know it does take a lot of time, the three-week program, but hopefully you know you don't have to spend ten hours a day um, trying to just figure out Web three. We kind of try to plot the points for the artists. There's so many questions whirling around in my head at the moment, like you. Um, bit of a trajectory that just occurred to me when we were just talking about that. I, I have this conversation a lot at the moment, 
um, for obvious reasons, which is, you know, like, how do we, how does this thing grow, right? Like musicians are much more susceptible, susceptible to play the wrong word, much more open to new technology because we're, we're, we're battling with how to build something, right? Like the, our ethos is always just like to, ex mine anyway, to explore anything that looks interesting around us that's going on that could help get us to where, you know, whatever this thing is we're trying to get. And I think that we know there's a lot of musicians, right? And I don't know, I don't know what the thought process would be or how to develop it would be, but I do feel like, you know, like there should be, whether this should be like a collector's cohort, right? Like, I don't know whether there's a next step to think about, which is that, um, you know, like, should we be having the same approach to, to listeners like in terms of like communicating communication or like tools or digesting of information like you suggested that you're doing for for artists you know like i feel like there needs to be a more like concerted effort to think about like what that is for for fans or collectors or whatever it is that we are whatever that side of the whatever side of that side of the community is and and, and maybe yeah, maybe that's something for the future that, that we should all be like thinking about, whether that's getting together like 10 collectors or a group of people like that to have like a hackathon of like, how do we put this information together? One of why we love this, but two, why it's important and, you know, all the things involved for the other side, right? Like for the listeners, not just the, the creators. I love that. I, um, I sort of have been iterating on a sort of similar thing, a little bit different, but a couple ideas there. So, so one with 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 HiFi. So this is a this is a free program to artists. It's it's meant to be a be a resource actually. So so we've run two cohorts so far so far as um, sort of pilot programs. Um, yeah, with eleven artists. So five in the first one, and there are six going through right now. Just actually. Uh, going to be concluding tomorrow on cohort two. And um, so, yeah, and we actually, we gave uh, each artist, each of the 11 artists 0.5 ETH. I'm still experimenting with ways of how we're going to do it, but if I can figure it out, um, I'm hoping that every artist who goes through the program in the future will also get um, a little bit of ETH to sort of be a cushion and help them with gas and minting fees and whatnot. Um, but but yeah, so sorry, that was that was kind of just like a sidebar thought, but um was really happy that we were able to do that. Um but but so we have like uh the web three artist cohort program right now. But if you drop off web three and just have the artist cohort program, it's thinking about in the future, um, where it kind of leaves us open to where we could have, you know, like the business management artist cohort and the marketing artist cohort. And Jamie, I had not thought about it in that way, but I guess we could have the collector artist cohort um, or the fan artist cohort. You know, there's a lot of room to experiment and see there. Um, I see. I I mean, maybe that is marketing, you know, like maybe that's almost marketing in a way, or maybe that's a project for a marketing cohort. It's like, how do we take, how do we take, you know, whatever this is out to bring more people in, right? Like there's marketing for artists and there's marketing for drops, but maybe there always needs to be marketing for, for music and web three and 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 it's in its many shapes and forms or at least like something yeah i just you know it's that it's that i don't know 
they're not in the room, but I, you know, a couple of friends of mine always joke about the passing the tenor thing, which everyone talks about, right? Which is just like, you know, how many musicians supporting musicians isn't a long-term solution. It's like a beautiful thing, but it's not a, it's not a long-term scalable solution for, for the people that are in it. You know, like when we analyze the space, it's okay to think like that, but, but really we're dealing with like people who's, mental health and identity and whole world is like connected to their creative output and how how that journey works out for them right and and there needs to be more thought into into how that grows beyond i guess just dropping it on dsps like three months later and for that we need we need to communicate what's communication it's just i don't know whether you have any thoughts on that but for me like it's definitely been like the last month a lot of my twitter feed has been me talking about like how how do i communicate my story for somebody who cares not everyone cares to the industry or the world beyond our like web3 music circles like how how comes i can meet someone who's just started like an nft music company and i've met a bunch in the last six months and they've just never heard of any of the artists that for me are just like blowing my mind with what they're doing right and and that that's an issue right that that we can either just say they're idiots they don't know what they're doing but you know it's it, that's the kind of thing that you look back on five years later and analyze and think maybe there's, there's an issue there right which is that we're i don't know my worry is that we're in an echo chamber and it's, it's not enough there's, there's there's a world of sort of like there's a world of tools set up to, to communicate information about the arts and music and creativity. And we're very much focused on what's happening around us and not on how these stories emerge from this, from this scene. You know, like, I guess, you know, I was on Daniel's Twitter recently and it was still the Time Magazine article at the top of his pinned tweet. And that, there's a reason for that, right? Which is that it reached beyond and I, and I look at people in this room and think more people, you know, like the fact that I can meet any NFT company, that music NFT company entering the space that doesn't know what some of the people in this room have already done, is quite like shocking to me. But we can't always think it's their fault. So I don't know, like the reason I'm saying this is because I know that you're a prob you're a person who loves to look at a challenge, right? So <laughs> I'm throwing I'm throwing that out there as a challenge that I think, you know, there's lots of musicians and there's lots of people making music, but maybe there's some other challenges around this space that it would be cool to, for us all to be thinking about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sort of with that communication, there's two aspects of it. There's um, as an artist uh, and looking at your strategy, there's like at the core, you're like, you have to figure out, you know, you're like a storyteller. I, there's a, so with these prompts with the web three artist cohort, it is focused on web three, but I also, try to focus each lesson on like sort of like a core core lesson that that is that expands to web two as well and so so in one of them we're talking about it's called finding your voice and we talk about sort of storytelling you first need to figure out what your story is and then once you have that down you then need to figure out how you're going to communicate it i think jamie that's kind of what you're touching on is is like once you've figured out the story how do you how do you have it permeate and 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 spread? And I think we're figuring that out. Um, I guess Twitter is a huge part of my life, so I'll just reference another tweet conversation that I had. But <laughs> uh, someone someone was talking about 
can't remember exactly what the context was, but but it kind of made me think of um, like how the role of free music, quote air quotes, free music has played a role in the last 20 years and, and sort of how music has evolved. You think back to, you know, Napster and MP3s, music went from costing $20 for on a CD to being quote, again, air quote, free, a free MP3 on Napster. And then how did we react to that? And then you fast forward about, you know, seven, eight, six to eight years, and you go into like the blog house era where there was so much music <clears throat> that was spread on blogs and stuff, which was so cool. And then we get into this sort of like very um, like iterative and remix culture of where like the line became a little bit blurred of like, how do you like, how do you like manage the rights to those things even because it's, you know, like take like girl talk, it's like a fuck ton of songs in one song that gets complicated and but but like that whole like cultural like blog house movement had like a very very significant and meaningful um impact on a lot of people who grew up around that that time including myself and so if you translate if, if you like bring over that idea to um to to like where we're at right now with with web3 and nfts i must feel like nfts need to have like their their like free moment whatever that is I don't know, like pirating makes me think of like a security breach. So I hope it doesn't happen that way. But I, I just, I think it probably will be like, it's not even about free actually. It's like, if you try to like unpack that, it's actually about, again, going back to accessibility. Accessibility, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, for real. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, with the storytelling thing, I, I guess I was thinking not just about the artist story, but I was thinking about what you said of the use of technologies and art form, right? Like the the work itself is like on the blockchain forever but the process behind you know like what made that thing happen and what made it interesting you know is captured by some people in like their mirror articles but it's it's almost like it's not at the forefront of i guess of the storytelling to the world as it should be and while listening to you talk i was just wondering whether like there's definitely like an ethos in this space that like music is the most important thing we focus i say we because me too we focus on twitter not everyone and this idea of like the tiktok instant world is is kind of like looked not i don't know looked down on but maybe seen as like a a thing that's in your way right like a thing that's in the way to like the perfect artist career like it cheapens music or it takes time away from being creative but you know the fact of the reality is like you were talking about blogs and how this you know like you know album inlay cards interviews in magazines whatever it was like communication largely now is happening through those mediums and whether there's there's something in that that you know there is a, a big a lot of people are in this space because they want to escape those things but the but like the the challenge of that is that we're not communicating in the most popular form of communication about what makes this space interesting i don't know if people are maybe i'm missing it right but like is is there someone making amazing TikTok content of like how someone's used contract technology to achieve something in a, in a digestible format that people can get their heads around or, you know what I mean? Like how is, how is this 
period of experimentation being recorded and i and i think that chaos is a good example of that because they really harnessed the story but they harnessed the story of which i harness as well personally because it seems to connect the most which is like alternative modification and like alternative ways for built or building artist careers right which is seems to be the easiest way for me to connect i don't know what your what your thoughts are on that yeah, I, I think it's a really exciting and interesting time. So so like, again, if you look at the parallel sort of, of like what happened in 2000, 2007 um, with like the spree and things becoming accessible, more accessible, um, you know, the technology at that time. So with Napster, it was, you know, P2P, the peer-to-peer -peer sharing and, and how things were kind of broken up and sent. Um, and then you fast forward with like, I guess MP3s and and the blog time, um, you know, MP3 was like a new format. But when in the blockhouse era, we were talking about you know stupid sunglasses and neon and parties and getting drunk and remixes and uh, mashups and and all of that stuff. We weren't talking about the technology of how we could take an M like what the technology of an MP3 is and how it how we're able to use Serato, like the code behind that. Like, like we weren't talking about that stuff. So I think the point being there, I think with NFTs, I think it's been really cool that we've been laying so much groundwork right now with trying to educate musicians and, and help them like understand how they can leverage it. But I think like our tipping point is gonna be when, and I think we're, I'm sort of like starting to feel like this is happening a little bit is, is like people are gonna see what they can do less of like what the technology per se is um and so like on you mentioned like TikTok. i think when kids start talking about like the the benefits that they got or like how they got to experience music in a new way how it made their life more fun and interesting and better when that starts being talked about on TikTok, and not like the okay this is a smart contract and an erc20 is when you have a social token those are fungible versus a 720 you know like when that stops being as at the focus and it's like okay but when you have a social token you know you can like unlock this token get it thing i think that's when it's gonna like really catch on and i'm seeing that a little bit i don't know i'm curious what you think about that no i think i'm seeing that a little bit i think that i think sometimes i have a concern that 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 is the approach that like outside actors will take you know like i've already had some meetings with some quite like heavily backed companies entering the music nft space and you know within that backing is like a consortium that includes major labels and yeah they are skipping over all the detail and just going with like the flashy accessible simplicity and I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, like you say, because I think that is where we've got to get to. But at the same time, we exist in a place where like innovation is at the forefront of, of interest in our in our what I would call like our scene or circle or whatever it is, you know, like maybe that's maybe that's the wrong maybe it's just, you know, my fucking Twitter algorithm. <laughs> but but whatever whatever I'm in, um, you know, that that's and maybe that's because we're not dealing with the, your normal fan. We're dealing with like a community of people with similar interests and aspirations, and 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 in you know like they're, we're all here for similar, we're similar kind of things, I guess. That that maybe there's some sort of self perpetuating kind of 
things to do with the bubble that's maybe enhanced by like the algorithmic approach to the fact that we stick within one platform my concern is just that you know that the people who i respect won't be at the forefront of that shift and that and that people stepping in will be and i, I don't know whether you have any thoughts on like you know like how i think this i think about a lot is how do we keep the people that me and you like really believe in and are interested in at the forefront of 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 this movement yeah i mean i i i don't really like personally i don't really care about i i actually like uh, the reason i took the manager role rather than like trying to i i like being behind the stage or or well ideally at front of house because that's when the the best sound is but 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 i i like being like behind the scenes um rather than like sort of at the forefront so like as long as it's moving in the right direction like that's that's my goal that's that's my end, end mission here but um i i see i see carla in the audience which made me think of dequency which i've i've shared this this thought in a in the last space but i just i really appreciate the way that Dequency is going about things with, with sync licensing. Really quick, like summary is, is the way I understand it is that rather than going off, so they're using blockchain for for to be to do sync licensing, and and rather than going after like the huge blockbuster, um, you know, like movies and TV and commercials and stuff, they're going after like sort of like the long tail, low hanging fruit, where you know it's like two hundred dollars for um, like a gym like YouTube commercial or something, you know, like the stuff that the big fish traditional incumbents, like it's not almost not even really worth their time and like energy and staff to um, like properly license the exploitation of that IP. And so Dequencies, I, I, I think if I understand the strategy is to basically like work on that long tail, help like show, help sort of like have proof of concept and, um, you know, build up market demand. And then before you know it, hopefully if it, if we get it right, then we get start to get a network effect where the, the bigger players start to see that, oh, like this really works well. Um, and uh, yeah, also shout out uh, to you can see that I will be chatting with them uh, this week too on another spaces. But I, I think like Jamie, like kind of use cases like that where we're like, it's still people who, <clears throat> really care about this stuff and are and are creating um, interesting solutions, but like sort of under the hood, but on the surface, you know, it's like, oh, it's just like this much easier, better, simpler way to um, to get a sync license where anyone can do it. So I hope there's more of that. Yeah, that's cool for sure. I think it's interesting. Like, I find you is really interesting, Henry, as a person, because you have this kind of like researchers approach or like almost like um an economist right like you have this kind of approach where like as an observer and and i find that really interesting and your opinions always make me think about things because i'm very emotionally invested right because i'm 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 not only trying to be like that but i'm an artist and a musician and my friends are artists and musicians and i do have a you know, I have been put in a position by the, the teaching work I do that, you know, like I do feel, I don't know, I do feel like an emotional, like, res like connection or responsibility for like the journey that like some young people are starting out on. Um, 
that that makes it you know like that i guess like when i was asking that first that question the pre the pleading question was was more thinking about yeah i guess just you know maybe you're probably right but like in my heart of hearts i'm like yeah but i want so so and so in a fairer world like i'd be walking into those meetings and they'd be like oh have you heard you know like we've been watching what so-and-so is doing we're watching what so-and-so is doing and it's incredible and we're looking at those things and you know like we're just we know we're just we're learning from that stuff and we're picking up from it i know that doesn't matter in the big picture but there's definitely like a part of me that's like you know that that i don't know i, I think i read a lot about music right and i and i do have an interest in like the the history that's left behind the people you know whether it's like you know the funk brothers in motown or like songwriters that you never knew about or like the producer that made that ghost produced it, that track you know there's that kind of uh there's just that part of me that just you know like wants the underdog to shine <laughs> and wants that wants those people to get their get their dues and you're right in the bigger picture everything moving forward is is kind of what matters but there's you know i do think i guess my feeling is that i do think that 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 you know at times that we can be a bit too passive and that there's 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 other things that we can do to to give people the feeling of self-worth beyond tools which is that you know being acknowledged and being and being seen is important and and that the beyond our circle and i do i just think there's something i don't know why that's on my mind at the moment but it does feel it feels important to me oh yeah i i love that i i totally agree um i i, I totally feel that way for what it's worth sorry sorry if i um i didn't come off that way yeah very much agree with that um I, uh, I guess it, it kind of made me think of, so I was, um, when I started off on this Web3 journey, I <clears throat> this was back in April of 2021, super random. It was, I, my first like interest was, was peaked in Web3 when, uh, when the company Square bought a title. Um, I just, I just like, I didn't understand why a fintech company was buying a failed music streaming service, which I know I've said a lot for, sorry, anyone who's already heard me say that, but um, I just like, I started digging into smart contracts and what Web3 was. And once I understood the basics, the next step was I tried to go back through history and learn about if, you know, I certainly wasn't the first person who thought of, oh, let's put royalties on chain. Um, which was sort of the entry point of what got me excited about it. And uh, that brought me back to actually to SF Music Tech, which is a, a conference, music and technology conference that happens in San, or used to happen in San Francisco every year. And I'd gone, I think like three, four times in a row uh, from like 2014 or 15 uh, forward. And at that time, uh, I think it was, it must have been 2017, I think. Benji Rogers, who was the used to be the CEO of Pledge Music, was working on Dot Blockchain, which was this um, proposal for trying to like basically put the the data uh, for music on chain. And I think he said fair trade, fair trade music. Um, and at the time when we were thinking of like Dot MP3, he was thinking of it like uh, like Dot Blockchain in that way. Um, 
that of course didn't end up working. It actually ended up turning into a different company, Verify Media. But um, also around that time, I started looking around more and uh, Ujo Music popped up, which was a consensus product, but also looking at um, music and blockchain and uh, Jesse Greshak and, and Jack Spallone were really important people for that, uh, for, for Ujo, uh, which ended up, uh, you know, not moving forward, but, um, yeah, sort of like the first thing I did was try to understand that. Also Jack, J-A-A-K was another one. Um, Vaughn and Dan Fowler were both, both working on that project. Also trying to work with blockchain and royalties and, um, ultimately they, they shut it down. Um, but yeah, so, so to your point, Jamie, and those people I look up to so much, you know, like my interest in that history and, and sort of acknowledging the people who laid that groundwork, you know, now I'm a coworker with, with Jack and Dan, actually. So it comes around, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has. Um, that happens quite a lot. We're getting close to, and you've got a hard finish at the top of the hour. So let me think about how to wrap this up. Okay, let me think, let me ask a question to wrap this up. Um, or actually, do you have any questions for me? Questions for you. I have a lot of questions for you. We should <laughs> chat more <laughs> and invite other other friends up to chat more because this was a pleasure. And and thank you so much. And thank you, Hudlin, for um, for the platform to, to chat. Um, I, I would love to just sort of shamelessly plug the Web3 artist cohort for a second. Um, applications are opening today. They'll be open for the next 10 days or so. Um, the program is free. The application is free. There's no obligation to artists to give up anything. It's completely meant to just be a resource. Um, so if you're interested in working with a, a small group to kind of give and receive feedback on a project you're working on using Web3 tools and also hopefully uh, getting access to more, more resources, would love, love for you to apply. Um, and also please spread the word, share it with any artists who may, may benefit by uh, becoming a participant. We'll be choosing five artists to go through the the group together, cohort three, it'll start in uh, early to mid September. Um, so, so yeah, thank you for letting me, me plug that. <laughs> Not at all. I don't want to end on anything too spicy, but just quickly. <laughs> um, Bring it. <laughs> Not that this is spicy. What, what is like you're everywhere at the moment on this artist cohort and we're in like the midst of a lot of talk of curation, which I'm not going to ask you to answer anything on, but is your is your goal here the reason that you're pushing so far i mean what is what is the goal here do you want 200 applicants 300 applicants like is there a reason that you're pushing so far and wide all of a sudden or like what is your ethos behind um wanting as many people to hear about it as possible so it's it's a big experiment um i've sort of We've, we've designed it in a way where it's sort of this amorphous thing and it allows for a lot of feedback and input and experimentation. Um, I'm not exactly sure where it will go, but, you know, it is just really core to my mission of, um, you know, trying to help artists and get them more, more resources. Um, I guess with pushing it far and wide, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, we do have pretty... Uh, you know, there are only five spots, but we're hoping to run this program once a month. So that'll add up. And, uh, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Ideally, actually, if, if we're able to get enough resources, we could, in theory, stack cohorts. So um, several cohorts could run at the same time during one session. Um, 
So that, that could be a goal. If anyone would like to uh, donate resources to the program, uh, let's chat for sure. Um, so we can, and that, all of that would go directly to the artists. Um, but yeah, the goal is just to kind of try to spread the word so it can hopefully get to the, the right artist who really needs this right now. And, you know, I don't know, I kind of see it of like, if, if we could get artists all of the resources they need, what would happen? Probably a lot of really incredible things. So I'm just trying to kind of push that along as, as much as I can. Amazing. Thank you so much, Henry. I really appreciate you giving up the time to come and, and come and speak. Um, that was really interesting. And I could probably talk to you for hours, but um, we have to finish sometime. So thank you so much. Thank you to everybody in the room who's listened for any amount of time. Um, follow Henry, check out what he's doing, apply to the cohort, and we'll see you next time. Any last words, Henry? Yeah, I guess I should mention the, the application to apply will be at uh, HiFi's website, which is hifilabs.co. Um, and yeah, thank you so much, uh, Hudlin, Jamie, and, and everyone who, who listened in. Really enjoyed it. We'll talk soon. Talk soon. You want to sign off, Jared? Yeah, appreciate you guys. Like that was a great conversation, and I feel like we could, you know, like you said, I, I had lots of questions in there, and there's very similar ethos in there. So, thank you, Henry, so much. Um, best of luck with the cohort. Obviously, we'll all be watching it intently. And uh, thanks. And I think we'll probably have to maybe do like a round two of this after you've got some of this under your belt and can kind of speak to how it's been going. I would love that. Let's do it. Yes, date. Thank you, everyone. I'm signing off. Thanks for being here.